electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Sharon Epperson. On this podcast, we'll bring you in-depth, candid conversations with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, recorded at CNBC's live events. Today, a discussion about how the business community can create real and lasting change when it comes to inclusion and equity in the workplace. You'll hear from Arnold Donald, CEO of Carnival Corporation, Shundron Thomas, President of Northern Trust Asset Management, and Caroline Wanga, the Interim CEO of Essence Communications. They joined me at CBC's Inclusion in Action Forum on September 10th, 2020. With broad calls in the public and private sector to address racial injustice, Carnival CEO Arnold Donald wrote an op-ed that was published in the Miami Herald, sharing his own family's experience with racial profiling, discrimination, and inequality. That's where we started our conversation. I really want to start with you, Arnold, about the issue of telling your story. You know, there have been a lot of CEOs that have made pronouncements, talked about what their companies have done or should do, and saying that they're going to take action. But what really resonates with many people is when a leader brings in a personal story. And in this case, when we're talking about the death of George Floyd, when we're talking about Breonna Taylor, when we're talking about Jacob Blake, bringing in personal experiences as a black CEO has a very important role in communicating what your message is about diversity, equity and inclusion. Can you talk a little bit about why you chose in June to tell a very personal story in an op-ed in the Miami Herald? You know, I, I didn't write that for the Herald. Um, it, it just kind of got printed there, but it was really written to my employees. And, and I hesitated to write anything because, you know, people talked about this at that moment as if this was um, the first time in history that people were coming together to address, you know, racial and social injustice. And obviously I was born prior to the 60s. I lived through the civil rights where we walked arm in arm. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, John F. Kennedy, and so on and so forth. Then again in the 80s, there was another round. And so I was hesitant to write anything at all because I thought action would be far more powerful than than just talking. Um, But my people needed to hear something. And so I just shared the personal story of growing up in a segregated South and um, a number of of the injustices that happened to me. And, And then the personal conflicts not conflicts, but the, the personal um, complexity that, that I live in my life. You know, I have a family member who uh, is often profiled um, um, by police officers, so we make certain uh, someone that uh, is living with a bipolar disorder. And so I make certain that we introduce them to police officers wherever uh, the individual resides so they know them as a complete person. But I also have two nephews that are um, police officers. One's deputy chief of police in Washington, D.C., and his brother's um, in internal affairs in, in a different police force in the, the tri-region uh, area there. And, um, and so both sides of that comes out in terms of I don't want them taking unnecessary risks and therefore putting their life at, 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 at risk, 
but I also don't want the other family member to be misinterpreted and um, harmed or, or worse, you know, from a, a simple misunderstanding and a lack of recognition that the person is living with bipolar disorder. And so, you know, those are just some of the personal things that I share to, to reflect on the complexity, but the history. And, and that myself and, and I just share personal stories with other executives at, at the appropriate time just to sensitize people. Um, and, and that's it in a nutshell. But, you know, I'm, I'm not unique. Anyone born during the time I was born, I was raised in the Deep South. I had separate water fountains, separate bathrooms, um, a lot of incidents. Uh, a lot of times profiled myself, um, you know, guns held to my head and so on and so forth when just walking through a neighborhood. And, and those things were real, and they've been around for a long time. And um, they at times get better, at times get worse. But together, if we really all stand together and we really with intention intervene, we provide the right screening for police officers, the right training, the right reinforcing behaviors, not only how to handle the stressful situations they often find themselves in, but how when you see one of your fellow officers losing it or about to do something that isn't consistent with, you know, good police practice, you know, what's your role in, in that and how do you help that person help themselves? I know Chandran has done the same thing in terms of telling his personal story, whether it's on LinkedIn or in another forum and sharing that not only with the public or with the business community, but with the executive team, with the corporate board members as well. And Chandran, why is that so important to say after Jacob Blake, I can't feel my pain, to then bring that to the table, not only in the C-suite, but also to the board. Yeah, I, I think it's really important because when you think about what we're experiencing, especially when you come into uh, the corporate world, um, one of the things is people are very detached from the experience. Um, so there's an intellectual understanding, but not necessarily an empathetic understanding. So being able to connect. And so I felt it very important uh, that for those of us who feel so moved, to share the perspective so two things can happen. One, there are people that I would say who are other blacks that are suffering silently. And so when you use your voice, you help others find their voice. And it's so important. There are others in the majority who don't know how to enter into the conversations because race, again, is that one of those third rails in our, in our culture. So I think that's one component of it. But the other component of it is, in being authentic, um, we, we find our own voice and we're more and more effective. And so I felt a need to share that because what I like to say is we need to be able to hear with our head and our heart. And, and that second part of it is often what's missing. And I really feel like while we're at this moment and we have more dialogue, we've only begun to hear. And if we think about, we're going to talk about real actions, but I'll end with saying the first action we have to take is that first action, to be able to listen deeply, even when it's uncomfortable. And that's why I felt so, it's felt so important to me to be able to do that and articulate those things publicly. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Caroline, you came to 
essence this summer as chief growth officer and then soon became interim CEO. When you are a new CEO, the leader of the company, how important is it to share personal stories, share a bit about your experience, to bring the team together, to perhaps grow and to address some of these issues as a company? How important is it to you to share? Here's what I would say. I would say that it's actually not a matter of importance. It's actually foundational to being a good leader in this day and age. Um, we know that the corporate environment and other work environments have gone through many seasons where sometimes there were things that got talked about at work and didn't get talked about at work. There was things people knew about your work self that they didn't know about your personal self. And what I would argue is that time has passed. People just haven't caught up to it. We don't exist in a world where from nine to five, I'm dealing with this. And then from five to nine, I'm dealing with this. My experiences are happening together everywhere that I go. And so in order to lead as a CEO, that is not only saying that who you are, what you do and how you contribute to this organization is important. We also have to model that. And so for me, my general leadership philosophy is this is who I am. This is the totality of who Caroline is. I don't share it with you to overshare or make you uncomfortable, but I do share it first so that I'm demonstrating the vulnerability and composure and mosaic of who I am so that you feel like there's no part of you that can't also exist in this workplace. And so we have to take the first step. Telling the story of who you are should come as a part of as important as telling the strategy of the business that you're running. Because at the end of the day, you have to create followership with the teams that you're with. You have to model what you're saying you want them to experience, and you have to be willing to go first. And you cannot, on one hand, talk about authenticity and wanting to have inclusion and wanting to have representation within your group and wanting to diversify and serve your consumer. And then people only know you to be the CEO that shows up at team meetings. They have no idea what the rest of your life looks like, both what you live with that they see, but also what you live with that they don't see so that they can find a connection point with you. And that connection point is highly likely when we tell our total stories because somewhere in there then somebody finds you and one of my practices as a leader that I do every time I have a new team or every time I have a, a new uh, opportunity is I have about 20 slides that I share about myself that I call my dimensions of difference and they're everything from who I am and where I was born and what my family looks like to living with diabetes and depression and being a D-plus Christian. The reason why those 20 slides are really important and I share them before I ask people to share anything with me is because all parts of that are going to show up at work. And what I will tell you really honestly is it's too heavy a bag to carry to hide those things. I'd rather tell them to you than we can decide how to get along. I also have a list of questions that I send to any team that I work with newly that is all about who you are. Very few of those questions are work questions. I ask you about what do you, what's your best day in your life, your worst day in your life, your hero, your shero. And what I tell people is I'm sending this list to you. Pick five questions you want to ask me and I will answer whatever five questions you want. You answer, I'll answer. And again, I think the criticality of telling our stories and doing those things is about us demonstrating the vulnerability first, the risk first, the exposure first. Nobody's going to believe it if they don't see you doing it. And you're going to probably do it 10, 15, 20 times earlier than your team will, but they will pay it forward by trusting you because you've taken the risk of telling everything that you are good, bad, ugly, and they invest in you because they feel like they can do that too. It's foundational to being a leader in this day and age. You're not going to create diversity and inclusion in your organization if you aren't ready to tell all the parts of who you are. Yeah, tell all the parts of who you are and listen to the parts that are different than what you are on your team. Create a team, particularly in the C-suite, that has views that are different than yours, with people that look different than you do, 
that is also critical. And that is something, Arnold, that when you came to Carnival as CEO seven years ago, you made it a priority. You said it's the diversity of thinking that you wanted to focus on. But what you also did was change the face of the C-suite. Can you talk a little bit about what you did then and what you're continuing to do to facilitate that idea of diversity of thinking? Yeah, so first of all, you know, communities thrive in a capitalist society. Uh, when businesses thrive, all you have to do is look at any community where businesses have failed and you see it impacts everything, the quality of education, recreation, arts, everything in that community. And so communities thrive over time as businesses thrive over time. And businesses thrive over time through innovation. Uh, you have to, you know, introduce new products or refine your processes so you can be more cost effective. You have to innovate for a business to sustain success over time. If you don't innovate, you get gobbled up or you go out of business and you have to be innovating. Innovation by definition is diversity of thinking, is thinking out of the box. And so you're far more likely to engineer sustained innovation if you've engineered diversity of thinking in, in your organization and diversity of thinking um, is often reflected by the diversity of the people. And so you need diverse people in any organization. It's, it is the right thing to do, as, as one of the previous people said on, on the videos. But, but it's absolutely a business imperative. And, and that's what causes businesses to thrive over time. And so every job I've been in with a, any kind of a senior leadership role, I have purposefully, intentionally engineered diversity into the team. So when I came to Carnival, you know, a lot of people would say, well, you bring your own team and so on. I didn't because the reality is we have nine world-leading cruise line brands. Uh, the company was doing fine. It could do a lot better, which we ultimately did. Um, so we kept a lot of the people that were there. I kept them all. But I seeded in diverse talent, different ways of thinking. And that was gender, talent, even educational talent. I purposefully brought in a leader who did not have a college degree but have been wildly successful in life and, and producing you know, great results. Um, but I also brought in you know, African Americans, uh, and I, we have a global business. A lot of our business is outside the United States, and I made certain that I had leaders. Um, I had one who was born in communist East Germany, and, um, and so that's a whole different way of thinking. And so you just purposely engineer into your leadership ranks diversity, and you do start at the top. I'm, I'm totally supportive of all the yes. efforts for pipeline and stuff, absolutely. But if you start at the top, those people, number one, bring other people with them over time, and number two, they create a condition for aspiration where people believe they can aspire and yes. achieve it as well. Yes. And number three, they kind of socialize exactly. the concept of inclusion uh, with their peers. And so that's, um, uh, that's what it is. so absolutely, we've brought in a number of people and um, it's, been it's, very successful um, with it. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. 
their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. Arnold, it's, it's key also to make sure that you're doing that within the executive team and within the C-suite. But there's some who've said that maybe starting with the, the board is where it needs to begin. Make sure that the board has at least one black person on it, two black people, you know, a number of people of color, a number of women. Um, Chandran, we've talked about this. You say, no, it has to start at the C-suite. It's imperative that it starts there with the executive leadership team. And as the only one um, at Northern Trust, tell me why that's so important. Yeah, so, so one of the things, first of all, I'll say I have the privilege of the progress we've made. We actually have two African-Americans on our executive management team for the firm. Um, uh, being, uh, the distinction you're referring to was being, being the first. But what I would say is this. The reason it's so important to me to focus on uh, the management or the executive management team is not to disparage the importance of diversity at the board level. We need that. It's powerful. But it's because these are the individuals that are day-to-day making the decisions um, that are going to, A, set the pace of the culture uh, and really drive the organization. And so the word inclusion was used a couple of times. Uh, That's a powerful word. It's also a comfortable word, right? We could really uh, substitute a word to say receptive. And our practical reality is that our organizations today are not as receptive to diversity on all of the different levels as we'd like them to be. And so the key role that your CEO and your executive management team plays first is actually by using dialogue to shape the culture, doing that intentionally. So there is a receptivity of all the aspects of diversity that we think about. Uh, It's driving the measurement and actually making diversity one of the most important goals because that's going to be a powerful tool. It's how you hold people accountable in the organization. And while boards create that accountability at a broad level for the CEO and the, and the management team, it's the management team on a day-to-day basis. And then finally, they're modeling the behaviors that need to be shown in the organization and affirming behaviors. And then they can push that also out into the connected communities for the partners or the employees within an organization. Caroline, I have one quick question for you, and it's uh, it maybe have a broader answer, but... There's a lot of focus on making charitable contributions. Many corporations, many CEOs talking about we're going to support racial and social justice by investing or contributing to this charitable cause or that charitable cause. But in essence, you all are doing something different, creating your own public-private partnership. Can you talk a bit about that and why you think that may be one way for the path forward in terms of helping social justice from the corporate perspective? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about the Essence Unstoppable Collective. What I'll, what I'll say as I go into that conversation is I think what's really critical to understand is we're not saying that charitable contributions are bad. We're not saying that those are not things that are needed for the organizations that need them to be able to function. We're just saying that if that's all you're doing, you don't get brownie points for that. That's table stakes. That should have been a part of your strategy. That should have been where you were already investing and helping black-focused organizations continue to be successful in what they're doing. So thank you for the check, but that was already supposed to be done. What we're arguing through the lens of what we're trying to do with the Essence Unstoppable Collective is what does it look like to create sustained change, addressing racial injustices through economic parity, 
through health equity, through education equality and equal justice. And a lot of times as corporations, we cut the check so that we are one step removed from being able to go in and get the work done. Because if something goes wrong, we don't want to get any dirt on us. The reality is you're not going to be able to create sustainable change if you're not willing to go outside and get your feet dirty in all of the places you need to, to be able to drive the systemic change that we're already behind on for black people. So the Essence Unstoppable Collective is a $100 million public-private NGO equity and justice benefit initiative that we are focused on for sustainable change, right? We are looking through this through the lens of unprecedented city, corporate, and nonprofit partners. We have public donations. The collective is raising funds guided by our PACE approach around purpose, access, capital, and expertise to customize impact programs in local communities across the state that create sustainable solutions for black and brown communities. Now, here's what's interesting. A lot of times, those are the kinds of things that a, that a organization will partner with another organization to go get. What we know to be true based on the state of black America is that when we partner with others, we get the least out of it. No matter what happens, we get the least out of it. So instead of looking for the partner who's going to do that for that, we created our own equity initiative focused on looking at that three-part partnership to be able to deliver sustainable change direct to community with all of the areas that need to be touched, not just the charitable areas. And so if you are not within what you're doing as an organization focused on the economic inclusion and the human right of being able to have that, then you're not going to be able to move things forward. You'll just catch up with where you're behind. And so we know that the business sector can't solve these problems and societal issues on our own, but it was critical that we created a partnership to drive greater impact. We're in the undeniable moment where business leaders can create lasting and impactful change around equity and justice in our nation, but it must be done with authenticity, commitment, consistency, resource investment, and long-term vision. And if you are still as an organization counting the one organization you gave money to or the million dollars that you gave to a nonprofit, then you are in a outdated model for driving sustainable change for black people period, because we are 400 years behind getting that forward. And so the push on the Unstoppable Collective is to create a public-private NGO partnership that is actually making local, authentic change, impactful change on economic equity, health equity, and the other things that have continued to plague this nation for black folks that have not been paid attention to at the right level. And although I am excited about the season that we're in, I will not give credit for where we are doing what we should have done, we've got to do more, faster, bigger, harder. That was Caroline Wonga, the interim CEO of Essence Communications. She joined Arnold Donald, CEO of Carnival Corporation, and Shundron Thomas, president of Northern Trust Asset Management at CNBC's Inclusion in Action Forum on September 10th, 2020. Our thanks to all of them. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. For more information about upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, visit cnbcevents.com. I'm Sharon Epperson. Thanks for listening. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.